Hello, audio listeners. Hello, Hello audio, audio listeners. listeners. Hello. <laughs> How's it going out there? Um, 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 here's what we're going to do. Audio 34 is going to be a four-part retrospective, retrospective series reviewing the first 23 audiodes. Audiodes were first released in September of 2014. And those first 23 audiodes are only available to Patreon subscribers. Thank, Thank you, Patreon subscribers, at patreon.com slash audiodes. And there they shall remain. They will never become podcasts in their entirety. They will just remain as sort of the secret tucked away trove, I guess. Trove, I guess. But there are pieces of those audiodes that... I really love, and I thought it'd be fun. Yes, I agree, Bird. I thought it'd be fun to make a collage of those collages and share that with you now in this time. Strange plot twist time of pause. As a look back at the last six years or so, and... It's a chance to revisit how audiences grew and found its voice and became to be now. Hopefully it will grow from here. I'm going to keep making them, and I love making them. If you enjoy audios and you do want to become a subscriber, you can go to patreon.com slash audios, and you will not only have access to those first 23 audios, but you will also gain access to a... An album, an 11-song album that contains... Standalone tracks of songs, either live recordings or studio recordings, that were in those first 23 audios. I took them out of the audios, I edited them differently, and they're just standalone tracks. There's some pretty fun stuff in there. Those are only for uh, Patreon subscribers. But for the rest of you, enjoy this four-part series. These are going to come out over the next four weeks. They'll just give you something else to listen to and... Something that contains zero content about the once-in-a-century global pandemic, economic, uh, depression. Not even related to it. Just totally not related to it. So, time travel with me now here, part one, back to 2014, and we'll take it from there. Thank you so much for listening. Be well. The birds are feeling it. The birds are stoked about this audio. It's retrospective. These days with the internet. Yeah, I think personal appearances is still much better. I mean, I... It's, it's, it's just different when you're watching somebody live instead of getting something on the internet. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Uh, what? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Time machine? Time machine. Yes. This is 1994. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. Uh, you know when the, when the uh, 
So now if you applications the, demands uh, are imagine, dramatically different. The rise of the internet. And, uh, the rise and then of you kept doing that. Client -server I would like to uh, the declining uh, cost of memory prices. For example, change stability of the landscape. Uh, so predicted electric processes and but there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> Francisco, California, United States of America. Looking out on a beautiful, beautiful, I guess this qualifies as fall day. And a thought that occurs to me is, what if, what they, if they attacked, attacked this city? What if I was sitting right here on this knoll and two airplanes flew in? And what if they attacked into these buildings. We're just into the middle of the park. The majority of Americans... Is that possible? Is that likely? ...believe that ISIS can hurt the United States, could hurt America. The homeland, I think it said. They believe the United threat. States. The majority of them do. Well, of course they do. That's all that's been in the news for the last two weeks. So, who do you trust? Who do you believe? My fellow Americans, who attacked our country? Many are starving, and many have fled. Now let's make two things clear. First, these attacks continue as I speak. Second, it's people brutalized. On September the 11th, enemies of freedom committed an act of war against our country. And 
night fell on a different world, a world where freedom itself is under attack. The hard fact is, you can be jailed for owning a television. Some may ask, why act now? Why not wait? The answer is clear. We will face a far graver threat in the future. A man can be jailed in Afghanistan if his beard is not long enough. We live in a time of great change. Unspeakable atrocities. This situation presents a clear and present danger. These demands are not open to negotiation or discussion. What's that I see yonder common? What's that I see yonder common? What's that I see yonder common? Get on board, get on board, get on board, get on board. Question. A hundred years from now, what will be our indelible and measurable legacy? What will our grandchildren say of us, of our country? Historians will not judge our time by Barack Obama, George W. Bush, or the Tea Party alone. We're all in the dock. is an audio, much like a tree is a tree, Logan. But I mean, a tree is a piece of vegetation. You know, you can categorize a tree. Okay, here we go. An audio, an audio is an audio ode. Oh! The memories are thick in Los Angeles. That was well timed. October. October. Los Angeles. 2014. Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. The city of Los Angeles. The people here. Welcome to a crazy fucking place. Are very on edge. They're on edge. They're edgy. They're nervous. One way or another, they're on edge. They're edgy. They're nervous. Very nervous. I biked across LA yesterday. I went from Van Nuys Nuys. to Echo Park hung out, then biked from Echo Park to West Hollywood to the ocean, to Los Feliz, to Claremont, to Culver City, and back to Los Feliz. Los Feliz. My friend Logan was just a, a Bedouin, I think he said, a desert dweller. And he put me up for the night. I didn't sleep much, but I got some rest. And Man, the vibes are good. The vibes are good. The scene is flowing. Man, People the vibes are, are good. Good vibes. And their ability to make good a vibes. difference and effect change and beauty in the world. Good they're vibes. Frustrated One of the reasons I left was not they're because sure I didn't like it, they can do it if just given the chance. And that's because beautiful. there were just too many memories. It's like uh, a million pieces of, I guess, 8 million or 12 million or 20 million pieces of grass growing through concrete. Thank you for the good vibes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
you know, you know. So that's the update this month. Audioed. Audio. Audio. Audio two. Audioed. Audio two. Audioed is an audio. Oh. For audio two, we're gonna hit the time machine and we're gonna spend uh, almost the entire audio in the past. It is the ten year. It is the ten year anniversary of two thousand four. And it's time for a look back. 2004. Basically, 2004 was a transitional year. In January, I released the parade. 2004. We're going to take a look back. To We're going to time travel to 2004. 2004, a year in review. I lived in the glass door as its front door. And I had that job that just signed off. I went to the Happy 10 year anniversary 2004. Time machine. Program time for 2004. Machine. Program time machine for 2004. 2004. It's hard for a picture to capture a presidency, but maybe a story can tell us something about its meaning. It was October 2001. America had just been hit and America was uneasy. And some were afraid. He knew. There was a baseball game, the World Series, and it was held in New York. New York was trying to come back. And he knew. And suddenly the White House was calling the mayor's office, which was calling Yankee Stadium. It was the first night of the big series in New York. And look who arrived at Yankee Stadium. Derek Jeter bumped into him before he walked out to the mound and he said, hey, Mr. President, where are you gonna throw from? The president said, hadn't thought about it. Guess the base of the mound. And Derek Jeter said, this is New York. In New York, you throw from the mound. And the president laughed. He was wearing a heavy Secret Service bulletproof vest, and he could hardly move his arms. But he knew. So George Bush took the mound. What he did that night, that man in the arena, he helped us come back. That's the story of this presidency. With the heart of a president, he told us, you keep pitching. No matter what, you keep pitching. No matter what, you go to the game. You go to the mound, you find the plate, and you throw, and you become who you are. Freedom is not America's gift to the world. It is the almighty God's gift to every man and woman in this world. I know, 
I know what we have to do. When we first launched, we were hoping for, you know, maybe 400, 500 people. I know people. what we have to do in Harvard Iraq. Have a we Facebook, need a president. So that's the gap that we were trying to fill. And now we're at 100,000 people. So who knows where we're going next? What is the Facebook exactly? You sign on, you make a profile about yourself by answering some questions. And there's some information such as your information or major school. Here is the reality. Contact information. Phone numbers. Ryan's long journey. Was finally taking him to a distant place books you like, movies, and most importantly, where I can no longer are. reach him. Then you can browse around and see who people's we can't are share the wonderful memories of our 52 years together. And, see how people portray themselves and I think and that's probably the hardest part. My decision to change the Super Bowl performance was actually made after the final rehearsal. MTV. People are sacrificing their lives in Iraq from different countries. We are honored And unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong in the end. I'm proud of the coalition that is there. I am really sorry to hear that I offended anyone that was Leaders have made the decision to put people in harm's way. People in harm's way. For the good of the world. Very, very close until the end. A historic wind, extremely long. The details on America's newscast now. John Kerry concedes the race. I would not give up this fight if there was a chance that we would prevail. Now his call for national unity. President Bush winning more votes than any president in history. Now reaching to those who voted for the opposition. I will need your support and I will work to earn it. What of the exit polls? Worthless? Is it time to just stop it already? Plus zero hour for Scott Peterson. The jury has gotten the case and now deliberations. A massive volcanic eruption about as close as you can get. And a guy jumps into a lion's den. And the big cats, not happy. Covering the globe, fair and balanced. News at the speed of live. From New York, this is the Fox Report with Shepard Smith. Well, you decided. Starting working and it's hard to buy the house in your life. Uh-huh. If you work hard, then maybe your kids can enjoy that kind of things, you know. Even if you have your own home, it's not your home. Every year you have to pay taxes. <laughs> and if you don't pay taxes, they take your home. <laughs> so that kind of means this is not your house. Right. In India it's a different. It's not a, like a high taxes or like that or maybe some, some lot of places you don't have to pay taxes for house taxes. So if it's your house, it's your house. You are free of, of that thing. Yeah. So there is no headache. Like whatever you make it, you bring it, you enjoy it, enjoy the life. But not here like everyone first of month like oh I have to pay rent. A possible flow that I envision that could be really groovy for humanity and planet Earth. Zony car vibes. Car zones. Zony car vibes on the outskirts of towns, you know. And they can be playgrounds and community gathering centers with farmers markets and they don't have to be just a big horrible concrete, you know. We can dream the world we want to live in and then inside the city limits there's only car shares. Little zippy cars that are electronic that people can 
rent for the time that they're in the town. Locals have year-long memberships and people that are just there for the week at week ones or you could have one-day ones. And there are all these little zippy cars. I guess they can be of different sizes too because everybody has different needs, you know. But hopefully you can get the pricing to where it would be comparable to parking your car price-wise to buy one of these little car shares and zip it around. And you park your car in one of these car dwellings and you go to the farmer's market and you talk to your neighbors and you push your strollers around and you have wonderful, wholesome, organic food healing. And then you get on this little tram that takes you into this town center that has many stops, hooks up to the train system that already exists. And then if you want, you know, for the price of what it... You get a discount because you paid to park your car at the car dwelling. So you get some crazy discount and you bone up for the car zoom and you zoom around the town, man. Wonderful, wholesome, organic food healing. You're getting, uh, usually when you get mineral right and royalties, this is with no cash out of your pocket. This is what the oil company offers you as the landowner and, and as the person that has mineral rights. Now, if you have mineral rights and land rights, then your percentage jumps up to around 40% of the gross production. Not net. Gross. You are a part of their operational cost. Right? So, you don't worry about what they net off this well, how much it costs, and how expensive it was. All you worry about is every gallon that flows out you get 40% of that. And so you have to understand how life-changing that is. I'll never forget this story about this family of rice farmers around the Arbuckle area, which is right off of I-5, and they have been farming rice there for three generations. Okay. Conoco Oil Company comes in and hits this gas well that's a, absolutely, it's, it's flowing uh, each day 200,000 cubic feet of gas reflowing. You just open the valve. Once you drill the well, just open the valve and sh run it through a scrubber and you scrub the solids out of it and then all the gas goes right into the line and it goes right to Sacramento to be sold for natural gas. I mean, everybody, it's a simple, everybody's making lots of money. The oldest brother had this little bit of business sense. But then there was a younger brother that was an animal in a human's body. He was six foot seven, maybe, 390 pounds, really under 400 without an ounce of fat on him. This dude had a set of thighs that each thigh would measure 40 inches. You think about that, that's bigger than your waist. Anyway, so here's these brothers that have been rice farming. Now, Conoco drills like eight wells on that property. They're all boomers. So they own property? Yes. They own lots of property. Because they're rice farmers. They're rice farmers. Got it. It's been in their family a couple of generations. And they've been eking by growing rice. Within a month, their first, they get quarterly checks, right? Uh -huh. You get a quarterly check. Well, so the quarter was coming up. They were like a month and a half into it. And so it wasn't a full quarterly check. They received a check for $1.3 million for less than a quarter, right? $1.3 million? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a fucking clue. They think it, oh. they think it was a purchase of all their lands, you know, because their all land ain't worth that much, you know? It's just rice land. So you may have noticed that the pace of audios 
has uh, ceased to be consistent. And the more time that I spend on this planet, the more I realize consistency is not one of my character strengths. Perhaps the only consistency in me is my lack of consistency, which is pretty ironic when you look at the fact that when I was a child, I had a portion of my room dedicated to Cal Ripken Jr., the Orioles shortstop. It was called Cal's Corner. I don't know, for some reason I loved Cal Ripken Jr. I was a Minnesota Twins fan when they were winning World Series in 1987 and 1991, and I was a boy, and it was magical, and Kirby Puckett was probably a more likely hero, but it was Cal Ripken Jr. who I loved, and of course he was the most consistent baseball player. It is official now. Cal Ripken has broken Lou Gehrig's record. The new record set by the Orioles Iron Man, 2,131 consecutive games. So part of the idea of the audios was to give myself something consistent. And when I started putting them out in September, that felt like a very realistic goal. Once a month seemed very realistic. And then I remember the first time that I felt wrong that something was off. It was uh, springtime my senior year of high school and I just remember waking up for about a week in there and just feeling weird, feeling strange, feeling wrong. And it went away pretty quick, that feeling of just not feeling right. I remember looking in the in the sink at the drain, the food pasta bits crumbled around the drain and just thinking how horrible that was and going for a walk in the park and just sitting on this bench and just feeling so strange and horrible and not knowing really why and not really having a name for it and then a little bit later it went away and things went on you know Pirates are taking over. The pirates are jumping in. We had it once, we'll always have it. You better pack your suitcase. We're gonna have to go. I don't know why. Don't ask me, I don't know. The good times were here For a good while last year So come on now Let's be clear We gotta be clear here We gotta be clear we gotta be clear. I'd like to express gratitude and thanks to you for being supportive in the way that you are by being a part of these audios. It's so infuriating and annoying when you're depressed to hear people say things like, you know, you should be grateful and here's the reasons you should be grateful and it's impossible to feel grateful, you know. For months, you won't think about these things. And then you get depressed and you just focus on and all you think about are the, the worst moments in your life and the worst version of yourself you've been and the mistakes you've made. And it's, it's, so, it's so overwhelming. 
uh, it's so overwhelming and it's endless it's this endless barrage of negativity and you just you know, things you've forgotten things that have been out of your mind just suddenly pop back in there and you I mean, I could go through them, but, you know, I'm in a 7 by 10, 70 square feet space with a lofted twin-size bed, and everything I own in the world is in this room at this point. I was in Texas just a little bit ago, and I was driving between San Antonio and Austin, Texas, and I turned on the AM talk radio, and it was uh, the money guy. Dave Ramsey, I think, is his name. He's like a money a talk radio money guy and he was going on about <laughs> all these people would call in and they would say how old they are and they would say how much money they had and you know what they were investing in and all this stuff and it was so funny it was like I'm way behind the game way behind the game as far as Dave <laughs> as far as Dave Ramsey is concerned I am way behind but so here in this loft, it's just amazing. I mean, I just, this is what I have. And the older I get and see other people's places, the more it really seems like I don't have enough. <laughs> and I know that sounds probably pretty horrible. But then I think, is that really what I want? And then I think, I don't know what I want. And then I think that's because I'm depressed and the wheel comes full circle and I will never get out of these cyclical ruminations and negative internal meanderings until I figure out how to combat this endless cycle of darkness. Somehow being decided that you're different or not part of the part of the normal flow or something. Yeah, and also and like having a label that identifies you as out of the norm, and then like how how you kind of cope with that, and how other people cope with that too, and and whether or not you're able to adopt that rule for yourself and, and embrace it or reject it or run from it and whether yeah whether you're comfortable with that role or not i, I understand that there's some stigma there uh but i feel like it's not it's not so much of an identity as say homosexuality you know it's a characteristic it's it's just a way of understanding something better and learning from other people's experiences you know that's interesting yeah <laughs> that's like a clear-headed mentally healthy perspective on it you know right right everybody in austin and they have this thing up on their walls that say comparison is the thief of joy mm. which is fine <laughs> that's also annoying to me it's the like... noise the noise i just made of like sort of like deep understanding like i didn't actually feel it i know i know I, mean? I know i know, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I see that sign i see that fucking thing and it pisses me off every time i see it because i'm like well maybe but also i mean are you that fucking content in your with your station or do you not want and maybe that's the real crux of it is what do you want are you happy or do you want something more than what you have you know you're supposed to be happy in the present moment and that's where you derive all your joy from is i'm content in the present moment i'm happy with what i have <laughs>
I'm seeing a lot of comparisons. John Stewart, Lady Gaga, Aretha Franklin, Aerosmith, the Black Eyed Peas. People are looking at themselves and comparing themselves to others. The late Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Beyonce, and Jay-Z. We don't know where other people are starting. We don't know what networks they have. John Mellencamp, Robin Williams, and Whoopi Goldberg. The point is, we can't compare ourselves to other people. We all have different starting points. And you don't know if somebody's at their starting point or at their finishing point. Robin Williams. We just can't compare. It It will always make us unhappy. Today, comparison is the thief the of joy. Says, I heard that from somebody here several weeks ago, and I thought, joy. not only is Think comparison the thief it of joy, but it's also the thief of joy. gratitude. I talk so much when about gratitude and how we want to reframe and refocus and everything that we have in our life that we're grateful no for and not what we worry about, what we don't have. And I thought of a couple examples recently about how somebody said as well, never compare your inside to somebody else's outside. This whole comparison thing is the thief of joy, and it'll take away the joy in your life. And I think so many people are looking for joy and happiness and trying to have fulfilling lives. I recently was with some folks and we were playing golf and I, I could tell this guy wasn't giving us a legitimate score. And I go, well, he says, what did you get? And he goes, a six. And I thought, I don't even think you're on the green till seven. But the point is, who cheats at golf? Theodore Roosevelt put it best when he said comparison is the thief of joy. Whether it's that person in the next lane with a nicer car or the guy at the gym with the perfect body, it's easy to compare ourselves to others. And when we do that, the negative voices in our heads love the opportunity to tell us that we're not good enough, or we're not rich enough, or we're not attractive enough. And these lies couldn't be further from the truth. When we compare ourselves to other people, it's easy to get caught in a never-ending cycle of desire. It's important to trust in ourselves. Use gratitude. Use gratitude. Use a gratitude journal. Be the best you can be. You will continually focus on everything you have in your life versus what you don't have. This comparison thing is a fool's game, and it is a thief of joy, and it is a thief of gratitude, and many, many other things that make us happy. So if you want to be happy, if you want to be joyful, be grateful. Write in a gratitude journal. Focus every single day on everything you have versus what you don't have. Believe me, it'll make a huge difference. That's the message for today. Have a grateful day. We'll see you tomorrow. I actually think that all criticism is about yourself. Like, not criticism, but criticism in the spirit of meanness is just you stating facts about yourself, basically. But when I'm saying, like, oh, it's just because that person is that. Yeah. I'm literally saying, I am... Or have been at some point in my life that way. Huh, that's interesting. That's what I think. I think about that all the time. I'm not trying to state that as like some like grand truth or anything. No, I, I just know. think about it all the time. And uh, also, um, I just went on a trip recently with a friend who's really like really like kind of cosmic unitarian or something like that some kind of like religion uh religious thing but she was like telling me um about how she likes to think like every time you think something mean about someone else you um internally like apologize you say like i'm sorry if i've ever been that way huh and um, it's like, it's like, I've been thinking about that too, like, it's really humbling 
to think about that. You're like, oh man, you know, this person is just like trying to make other people feel small, or this person is just not smart enough to understand, or whatever it is that you're thinking. Like, you could take it a step further and say, I'm sorry that I've, if I've ever been, yeah, you know, selfish or frustrating or whatever it is that they may be. And and I can instantly think of an instance where I have been that way. then you sort of realize that like it is about you (laughs) right and then you're like why was I comparing myself to that person to begin with How do you practice not comparing yourself to other people? Or how do you how do you not compare yourself to other people? Well, I'm not saying you don't. But that phrase is just simply a warning. Right? So of course we're all going to, we're human. But that phrase is just to carry in your head to warn yourself when you start comparing yourself too much to somebody else because should be spending your time doing whatever it is that you do. If you make crepes, or you paint pictures, or you write songs, you should be doing that instead of wondering why you're not like somebody else, or you're not doing something that's different from what it is you do. The more time spent doing what it is you do, the happier you're going to be. And of course, the little devil is going to creep into your head and go, yeah, but you know, it's not like so-and-so. That is, that's what takes away the joy that you just had in creating your own thing. How much death were the Germans responsible for? And I'm not making the comparison here, but I'm just saying. What, is it a numbers game? How many deaths were the Germans responsible in World War II? And when all is said and done with the action of invading Iraq, how many deaths will the Americans be responsible for? They will still be behind. They will probably still be behind. Yeah, but if you just take World War II and, <laughs> and Iraq, land Germany is still land, way ahead of you. Yeah. They had camps yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know? and that's they had, a, and that's they had, a very different thing. And they were fighting Russians, and Russians yeah. will just throw everything yeah. at you. 27 <laughs> million of them. 27, yeah. 27 uh, million Russians died in World War II. Yeah. 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 And, that, so, yeah, and they killed... I don't have the numbers right now, but definitely, I mean, when you just compare Iraq and that, you're still good. Yeah. And then we had, like, you know, it was like they um, had Jews killed, but there were also all these German people helping Jews to hide, and they were also killed. Like they, yeah, you just you had know, to be, like, like a uh, forward-thinking person. Like a ra- racist, not only like this racist thing, but still like Ideolo- ideology. Yeah. yeah. Just if you if you didn't agree, you got to the cam- went to the camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also just a uh, single part. They had f- on the Russian front. They invaded France, the Netherlands. People were killed left and right. It's just uh, yeah. That that was yeah. Everyone they thought was getting in their way, kind of thing. You know, right. like not really getting in like their I, way because I told no you, like, one really had a chance. Where we live in Cologne, Ehrenfeld, there yeah. used to be this little uh, resistance group called the Edelweiss Piraten, the Edelweiss Pirates. 
young people in Cologne that tried with uh, leaflets and actions to, to stand against the fascist regime. regime. They were all hung at a bridge right near yeah, the place where we live now. Those were all drowned kids. Yeah, right. So we're just saving the world from freedom. <clears throat> we're just keeping, we're spreading freedom. We're going to keep spreading freedom. Yeah, but that's not, yeah, you have to work on your tactics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. You cannot make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. The danger to our country is great. The danger to our country is growing. The Iraqi regime possesses biological and chemical weapons. The Iraqi regime is building the facilities necessary to make more biological and chemical weapons. We're riding this whole thing out. And according to the British government, that Iraqi regime could launch a biological or chemical attack in as little as 45 minutes after the order were given. The regime has long-standing and continuing ties to terrorist organizations and there are Al-Qaeda terrorists inside Iraq. The regime is seeking a nuclear bomb and with fissile, fissile material could build one within a year. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass death. I'm dying to go play piano with this guy, but I don't think I'm going to do it. The quality of our intelligence operation, I think we're better than anybody else. I think it'd be weird. I don't think it's in the right vibe. I don't think it's the right vibe. We gathered a lot of intelligence. That intelligence was good, sound intelligence. But we now know that Saddam has resumed his efforts to acquire nuclear weapons. Among other sources, we've gotten this from first-hand testimony from defectors, including... This guy is definitely a millennial. This is a millennial here. Delay, indecision, and inaction could lead to a massive and sudden... It simply makes no sense to wait any longer. Take action before it's too late. We will not wait. As President Bush has said, time is not on our side. I still thought that three and a half months for new inspections was a rather short time before going back. And especially when we now see that they, they say, the U.S. government is saying that, look, you have to have a bit of patience, you know, these things take time. If someone is waiting for a so-called smoking gun, it's certain that we will have waited too long. We don't want the smoking gun to be a mushroom cloud. We cannot wait for the final proof. The chorus, right? Isn't this the chorus? The smoking gun. Where's the chorus? It could come in the form of a mushroom cloud. There are Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Saddam Hussein cohorts with terrorists. Secretly, without fingerprints, he could provide one of his hidden weapons to terrorists or help them develop them. From three Iraqi defectors, we know that Iraq in the late 1990s had several mobile Saddam Hussein had the materials to produce as much as 500 tons of sarin, mustard, and VX-9 agent. U.S. intelligence indicates that Saddam Hussein had upwards of 30,000 munitions capable of delivering chemical agents. Inspectors recently turned up 16 of them. Despite Iraq's recent declaration denying their existence, Saddam Hussein has not accounted for the remaining 29,984 of these prohibited munitions. He hasn't accounted for that material. Rock me, mama, like the wind in the rain.
Rock me, mama, like a southbound train. Hey, 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 mama, rock me. Thank you. This all West Coast bullshit? Does this sound like West Coast bullshit to you? I was born and raised in Minnesota, baby. And this sounds like West Coast bullshit to me sometimes. Your teeth are part of your immune system, dental infections, and the general health of your immune system, which you can work on in various ways, not the least of which is to not push yourself beyond your limits, to value rest and sleep. And recovery uh, to match your efforts with recovery time for your body to adapt because stressors are both good and bad and all of them require rest and time for the adaptation the body makes in response to stress which is healthy And you'd say. No, and you'd stay. Ah. It's not about him saying anything, it's all about share talking. All of her songs are just about share talking. What do you mean? It's about, like, she's just first person narrative share? No, well, she is like, I'll say these things to you and they'll make you love me. And she's like, if I would have said something different, then things would be different. It's never like her throwing blame shared. It's not about you and your thing that you even had going on in the relationship. Consciousness, self-consciousness, and consciousness. Self-care. Your conscience, being conscious. Boundaries. Conscious Boundaries. about relationships. Self-care. Are you conscious about your relationships? Do you choose your relationships consciously? Do you interact with people consciously and not interact with other people consciously? Are you self-conscious? When do you gain self-consciousness? I was just hanging out with my friends, five-year-old and two-year-old, and they're not self-conscious, but the five-year-old's a little self-conscious already. I was reading the seven habits of highly effective people, and by reading, I mean I read the introduction and paged through a couple pages on interdependence. If the, if graphics, the graphics were better, were better I, think I think I might have stuck, stuck with, with it. it. The graphics kind of devalued the whole experience for me, and I began to think I was being hoodwinked. Consciousness. Conscious boundaries. Do you do this? Should you do this? Whatever happened to just being open-hearted and open? $33. Okay. The thing is, here's what it is. Speaking of $33, it's all about dollars. Exactly. People who 
this is the thing about this like race stuff they're throwing at us in the news. The race stuff is there, absolutely. But you know what's really true? It's all poor people. It's all poor people. It is. Have you ever seen, um, what's that waiver? Waverly Land, which is a new episode where it's this whole made-up town and everybody is seduced because of the, the human race had, um, had died off or something. And uh, it's like, even though we, um, it's money, it's like paper. Right. It's paper. We're living off of paper. And people are killing people over paper. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like playing Monopoly. That's what this world is playing Monopoly. Who's going to win at the end? That's it. And they don't care who they run over or who they take from. This ruling is a victory for Jim Ogerful and the other plaintiffs in the case. <laughs> victory for gay and lesbian couples who have fought so long for their basic civil rights. Didn't get the name right. It's a victory for their children, whose families will now be recognized as equal to any other. It's a win-win. And this ruling is a victory for America. Nice. This decision affirms what millions of Americans already believe in their hearts. When all Americans are treated as equal, we are all more free. I know that Americans of goodwill continue to hold a wide range of views on this issue. Okay, here we go. Talk to the other side. Opposition in some cases has been based on sincere and deeply held beliefs. Yeah, exactly. All of us who welcome today's news should be mindful of that fact. Hmm. Recognize different viewpoints. Revere our deep commitment to religious freedom. Nice. Nice bone. And today should also give Throw us hope on the many issues with which we grapple, often painfully. With which we Real grapple. Real change is possible. Real change. Change we Shifts can believe in. Would you say change we can believe in, Barack? It's possible. I am streaming Spotify right Stamping now. I'm streaming a Spotify live and playlist. Awesome. Double disc That I made for the Oregon Country Fair. Packaging here. And then... I'm going to take Caltrain to Enterprise in San Bruno to rent a car from Enterprise and drive that car to the Oregon Country Fair. And this is the current way that I'm interacting with motor vehicles. I'm renting, renting cars. cars. I'm going to rent cars for a while. Enterprise. And I'm going to do the math. And I'm going to see if I can get away with renting cars. Renting cars. At least as long as I'm returning to San Francisco as a place of... As a crash pad. Port. Port. Port town. Town. Occasional yeah. crash pad. Port. Port town. Occasional crash pad. Port. Occasional crash pad. Portal moving in and out. So negative thoughts, negative thoughts, a negative occur. thought that occurs to me while I'm stamping these CDs. Negative thoughts occur to go to the Oregon Country Fair and rent a car. Enterprise. And blah, blah, blah. Negative thought that occurs is... Negative thoughts occur. You're really not doing it right, John. You're really not doing it right. You don't own a car. You don't have a label. You've been putting out music for so long. You don't have a label. No one's doing this. You're stamping your own CDs. You're making CDs. The big boys don't have to do this. 
Yeah, that's also the life I chose, I suppose, so far. far. And maybe part of this discussion about consciousness and being conscious, acting with conscience and boundaries, relationships, etc., is about examining where the choices and the behavior thus far have led and being grateful for that. Both both the journey and the, the journey destination, and the destination which, is always, which is always a moving target. You know, when I'm in a positive place, which I am now, I look at everything that's around me and I'm so grateful for it. This 70 square feet that in March seemed like a daily reminder of my failure is a wonderful, crazy little hobbit hole in the midst of the rapidly changing urban center pulsating weird tech computer vibe spiny tentacles and veins but also beautiful artists and old chinese men with long white beards lugging luggage around at 10 o'clock at night all this that makes this place a place that i remain returning to i'm i'm, I'm going to continue to return here at least for a For a little while, and I'm going to be leaving from here and returning to here. Coming and going, continuing the coming and going. Because for all our differences, we are one people, stronger together than we could ever be alone. That's always been our story. Interdependence. We are big and vast and diverse, a nation of people with different backgrounds and beliefs, different experiences and stories, but bound by our shared ideal that no matter who you are or what you look like, how you started off, or how and who you love. America's a place where you can write your own destiny. <laughs> He's having trouble with the, with the teleprompter, I think. I don't think the We are a people who believe that every single child is entitled to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. He's not selling this. There's so much more work to be done to extend the full promise of America to every American. But today we can say, it. in no uncertain terms, he's tired, <laughs> that we've made our union a little more perfect. The words are good. The writing is good. He's he's just not delivering. It's the consequence of a decision. He should be surrounded by Court. gay people or something. But more importantly, it is a consequence of the countless small acts of courage of millions of people across decades. 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 Who stood up. Who came out. Wow. Talked to parents. Now he's doing it. Parents who loved their children no matter what. Folks who were willing to endure bullying and taunts and stayed strong and slowly made an entire country realize that love is love. What an extraordinary achievement. What, what a vindication of the belief that ordinary people can do extraordinary things. 
What a reminder of what Bobby Kennedy once said about how small actions can be like pebbles being thrown into a still lake. Ripples of hope. Cascade outwards. And change the world. Those countless often anonymous heroes. They deserve our thanks. They should be very proud. America should be very proud. Thank you. That's the Confederate flag. Because those people, they, because the gay people, not now some, they a lot don't choose to have children, but those people that choose to have children, okay, are going to raise those kids in a in a in a loving environment, but with one parent, without missing a huge parent, whether it's two gay men or two gay or two gay women, they're not going to have. So the gay women. And that's going to make America different. Absolutely, oh my God, you okay. think? Because it's remaking the family, it, which is this, which is an institution upon which this country was built. Was family, mommy, daddy, I don't daddy, think it's remaking the family. I think it's broadening the definition oh. of family in a beautiful way that is more inclusive to all. Okay. lovely souls that supposedly as Christians we believe are all equal and beautiful. We also believe that God, that as Christians we believe that God made them, man and woman, that's how he made them. That's why we fit together and that's what he wanted. You got your Adam and Eve and the first two kids, Cain and Abel. And in the positive place, I look at all this and I think everything that happened in my life all the choices and the mistakes and the horrible times and the wonderful times, all of that led to this. And if this is good, I should be grateful for all of that because I couldn't have ended up at this wonderful place if it hadn't been for all of that. And I truly understand that from where I sit right now or technically where I stand right now, stamping my own CDs. <laughs> ah.